What's up, Candy Lickers? Pleased to meet you. Nice to know me. What you doing? You listening to another edition of Casio's Cut? Thank you, everybody, for tuning in again. we got a fun one for you today as uh, we air this live. It is October in 2019, and boom, we are going to turn the page. I have a very special as we gear up towards Halloween. Uh, I'm going to talk to a medium uh, in the paranormal world. Uh, some people uh, mention psychics, but a medium, uh, and she, her name is Cindy Kaza, and uh, I got a chance to talk to her after her show in Huntsville, where she did live readings on stage with the crowd. So we'll talk to her in just a second. Just always want to get our info out there. Make sure you follow us on social media. Uh, Casio's Cut on YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and like our videos as we get them up as fast as possible. Also, I want to thank uh, my recent guest, Conrad Thompson, for the State of Wrestling. I uh, want to thank Jimbo Wood for introducing hashtag Bankwalker. Uh, yeah, Bank Walker. All the people that like to walk on the bank for a little bit when you go skinny dipping at the river. Uh, they walk on the bank just a little bit longer than everybody else, you know, because they want you to soak it in. We know who you are, Bank Walkers. Uh, so we've got a lot of feedback off of that one as well. And uh, just a reminder, we're about to ha- come up on a very special Halloween P.O. Box episode as well. So make sure you get your uh, anything you want sent to us at our P.O. Box. So get your packages in, your letters in, your notes of wisdom, your notes of encouragement, your hate mail, doesn't matter whatever it is. You can send it to Casio's Cut, P.O. Box 19065, Huntsville, Alabama 35804. That's Casio's Cut, P.O. Box 19065, Huntsville, Alabama 35804. Follow us on social media at Casio's Cut on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, you can type in at the Casio Kid while you're over there if you have not done so already. At the Casio Kid, that's my personal account. That's got everything that's going on in the world. My uh, Rocket 95 radio folks are there. Uh, stand-up comedy folks are there. All that is on the social medias. At Casio Cut, at the Casio Kid. Also, I uh, had some uh, DMs there on the Twitter feed, so I might want to put it out here as well. If you want to be a part of this show, if you are listening and want to be a sponsor, uh, get that involved. We can get you a mention right here on the show. So DM me there uh, at Casio's Cut, or you can DM me at the Casio's Kid. Whatever social media platform you are on, you can message me, and uh, we can get you a part of the show. So without further ado, let's go backstage where we're at right now with medium Cindy Kaza here in Huntsville, Alabama. What's up? So we got a lot of questions for the people that are already listening. One, the difference in medium and psychic. Oh, I love that question. Okay. Uh, so psychics pick up on past, present, and future. Mediums talk to dead people. 
Well, that was very clear cut. Yeah, medium. They're very clear cut. That, well, it's the truth. That's what it is. Medium. So all mediums are psychic. Not all psychics have the same level of mediumistic ability. But yeah, that's the difference. So you're medium. So you're not going. You've never went. I can see the future. I I have had that. Okay, but the, but okay. So is it the way you're getting your information that's different, or what? What? How are you getting different future readings than? "Quote unquote" a psychic. Well, I mean, what's happening there? So when I'm doing my live events, like tonight, I yes, did you're doing event. a live event at Stand Up Live in Huntsville. So that's all mediumship. I'm bringing through people's loved ones who have passed away. But right. sometimes some psychic stuff comes in. So if you hear me saying, like, I'm linked in with somebody, you saw some of the show, right? Yes. So if I'm bringing through a message and I'm talking to somebody's dad who died and then suddenly I go into, oh, I see you buying this house. And they're like, yeah, I'm buying a house. That's psychic. Right. So sometimes they dip back and forth, but also sometimes the person on the other side is telling me things about the person's life that's alive. So this could be both. All right. So you're doing a live show, which is this is very fascinating to me. Right. Because one, you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. You have to be being a comedian and doing doing these different comedy clubs. If you're being a comedian, same deal. You have to be confident in your ability yeah. to. I, I'm going and putting myself out there. So you're going out and doing these live shows. You're putting yourself out there. Um, ha, how did you make that transition of, well, maybe we should back up. Maybe we should get into perspective here on a little timeline. When does it start, hey, and I'm sure when you first start getting the communication, how old were you, maybe? Let's do that. Well, the first experience I can remember having was when I was 10, 10 or 11, around that age. There okay. was a, a girl that died that I knew. She died. Uh, she was in elementary school. I mean, she died in a car accident. And after she died, I woke up in the middle of the night to seeing her standing directly by my bed, like the sixth sense, right? Um, really? So that was really scary. And then, but as I was a kid, so I saw it, right? And then... For a long time, I thought it was like I, I had imagined it or it was a dream. A nightmare or something? Yeah. yeah, but it never went away. Like that I, that memory was so vivid throughout. It's still throughout my entire life. It was so vivid. But, you know, you don't understand those things when you're a kid. And so I continued to have experiences where I would know when things were going to happen before they did. I was super sensitive. I could feel other people's emotions. I just knew things. And how does a, you know, how does a kid know, know things like that? Right. And it created a lot of anxiety for me. And children are super open and super intuitive. And and just adding on to all of this, um, everybody has this ability to a degree. Everybody has has an intuition. So mediumship is just an extension of the intuition. And I make it a point to say that at every event that I do because people give mediums and psychics a lot of crap because they kind of accuse us of thinking, oh, you know everything, you're all-knowing. It's like, no, we all have this innate ability to a degree. Like, part of my job working in the public is to talk about it. And when I ask at the beginning of all of my shows, how many of you have had an experience with your loved one on the other side? It's like 90%. Mm -hmm. And working in comedy clubs for me is awesome because I'm catering to an entirely different demographic I'm not preaching to the converted necessarily. I have a lot of skeptics in my audiences and I, I don't care. I love skeptics. Well, that was going to be my question. How do you putting yourself out there like that, that? It's different maybe from a comedy club. If they're coming to a comedy club to see a comedian, 
deep down inside they're coming to laugh. Now whether they go, I'm going to judge this guy. Maybe you know, maybe he's not going to be funny. Um, but but coming to see you, I I think one of my questions were, do you, do you get people? Maybe that maybe they come with maybe a spouse or something. But you've got to have whatever whatever word you use skeptics or non-believers or whatever you call it they've got to be in the crowd they are every at every event and i and i'm okay with that i think people should be skeptical and the other thing is because right if i'm doing my job correctly um and i'm and i'm having i'm bringing through messages which i should be doing as a medium right, right. i'm never going to turn every skeptic into a believer but you can crack the door a little bit. There are hardcore skeptics that will always accuse us of cold reading or whatever. I mean, I've had people come to my shows, hardcore skeptics that I could have the best event and go to people in the audience and say things there's no humanly possible way I could know. Like, how am I going to like, I think you were there for the last reading where I'm going to this woman about the kid who commits suicide, yeah. who drew superhero comics. The mom's got the comic tattooed on the arm. Like, how do I know that? Right? right? How am I made? That's not, I'm not making that up. But I've had people come to shows like that and walk away and, and accuse me of, of Googling people or getting an email list. I'm like, you know, but that's, that's part of it. There's going to be people that no matter how much in your integrity you're working or how much you bring through that's correct, they're going to walk away saying they don't believe. So my job is, is to not focus on that stuff. It's to bring healing to people that have come to my event. That's the place where I work from, you right. know? Yeah. You're talking to the... So watching your show, um, uh, like you said, you, you do readings on stage. Then you have a, a Q&A. There was a part of me, and I'm sure you feel it even magnified, because I feel like the majority of people in your crowd, you've came to my radio show before on past shows, and and uh, people in the office get excited when you come. And I hope she's going to read. I hope she's going to talk. I have a certain person I want to talk to, and I'm sure the majority of your crowd is they're coming here, going, "I have somebody I want to talk to. I hope she picks me out." Right. I almost felt empathy for him, or feel bad. Maybe that's not the correct word, but I feel empathy for him and sad, like. And you get to the end going, I'm sorry, you know, if tonight's not your night. That's got to be a, is it, does it, you feel pressure? No, because I know when I'm doing these events, I just trust that whoever gets a message is just what was meant to be for tonight. And just to give an example of one of the readings, I don't, I don't know if you were here, if you were already here for this one. Um, I went to this woman and I was hearing the name Chance. Did you hear that reading? Yes. Right. About so the story, and this is where I'm going with how everything happens the way it's meant to be in the exact moment, because that Devin, the guy on the other side, came through to give a message to the kid Chance, and the woman in the audience had just seen Chance two days prior, and she hadn't seen him for several years. You can't make that up, right? right. So after doing this for so many years, I've just surrendered to whatever's meant to be is meant to be. Do I have empathy for people in the audience that didn't get a message? Absolutely. I definitely, definitely do because I feel their pain and I know they want messages, but I also um, trust that what's coming through is, in a night is meant to be. Right. You know, you were doing, you did what you were supposed to do on stage. So it's, you did your part of it. Not every, you can't get to everybody in the no, in the, but and I do it, it like I do have empathy because I know that that people want to have messages, but right, you just do the best that you can. Yeah, like I've seen people 
emotional going, it's going to happen. She's going to talk to somebody, a loved one or whatever. And then it doesn't happen. And there, it's almost like a disappointment, but that's not on your shoulders. Right. That's coming from the other side. Right. 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 And it's, but it's okay. Right. It's like, it's just, it's just, and uh, I always say, right. I make a point at the beginning of my events to say that, um, if you don't get a message, it's not because your loved ones aren't here. Cause it's there. It's not that they're not there. It's just somebody else's turn in that particular moment. You know? So are you, so when you're, when you're on stage doing a live event, are uh, and I heard you, you touch on it a little bit. What's, what's coming at you? What do you, what do you, are you hearing nothing but audio? Do you see things? What, What's coming at you when you're on that stage? So um, the information comes to me in a few different ways. I hear, but it's like singing the words to your favorite song in your head. I feel, um, I see imagery. So it just depends on the message. Some are more hearing, some are more visual. Uh, So it can be tricky. It is like putting the pieces of a puzzle together sometimes. It's like Pictionary Charades and Telephone simultaneously. But, um, But that's how it works. So is it, could you, can you be hearing, so you're hearing one thing and the imagery is different or do they usually match? Like, can you Not, be, no, yeah, they don't necessarily match. So that's the, that's the puzzle you're trying to put, put together, together in front of everybody. Right. So I'm trying to think of an example of, of one of the things that was at the event tonight where, um, I was seeing the, uh, there's that kid Robbie that came through who died in the car accident. But then I was seeing somebody who was doing stitching work, making clothes and stitching. Did you hear? I don't know if you were there for that. So it was a little bit confusing at first because I was hearing the name Robbie. Uh, I was seeing somebody doing all the stitching and, and making coats and jackets. And then I was seeing a car accident. So what it was is that Robbie passed in the car accident, but somebody had actually, so somebody in the family, a woman who's alive, uh, her job is doing stitch work for coats. But after um, the passing, somebody stitched together uh, pieces of clothing from a family member that had died to make a blanket using all of their clothes. Wow. So that was tricky because I was trying to feel, well, what is going on? All these pieces are hitting me at once. It took me a second to understand what I was receiving. But some messages are super fast and clear. If I'm hearing more, it's much faster. But when you're getting hit with all the imagery and feeling and and um, and hearing at once, it can be a little bit confusing. Is it? I'm sure you started with smaller groups, smaller. I know you do one-on-one sessions uh, as well. Is it? Is it easier when there's a smaller crowd, and or like does it amplify? There's more people trying to get to you and on a big crowd, or. How is that different than one person compared to 300? Yeah, I mean, it is it is a different energy when you have 300 people in a room. It's fun. I love I love the energy of a big group. Right. It, it just depends on the night. I mean, but as a medium, I should still be able to bring through one person at a time and get to one person in the audience. So it's just it's just working the energy is different to work with on a one-on-one, right? I'm sitting directly across from a person for an hour and I'm able to really connect into just their, uh, their life, their loved ones. But when you have an audience, you have to move faster because you can't spend an hour on one person. You have to spend five minutes on one person to get to as many people as you can. So is it like a, when you're doing the live show, is it 
I guess the only way to try to grasp it is it is it like a press conference where <laughs> you go next question and there's a thousand people. You know what I mean? Is is yeah, yeah. is everybody's person trying to talk to you at the same time or hey now it's my turn. The way that it works for me generally is I'll have one person and then once I'm done with that message, the next person steps in and then the next person steps in. So it, it, it feels fairly organized for the most part, but some nights it's, it's chaotic where I've right. got people cutting each other off. So yeah, it de- again, it depends on the night because I did have a, one of my readings tonight where I had like two or three people from the same family all cutting each other off and that was confusing. We found where we were going and got to it, but... You know, it, it's no still, roads the same, basically. Right. And it never no event is ever the same. No event is ever the same. All right. So you, you talk about maybe around age 10, you're, you're getting your first uh, vision of, a, of a, a schoolmate. Does it get more frequent as you start to get older? Is it sporadic and then it gets frequent? How, how does it progress as you age? Well, children. So that experience where I actually saw her, it's like. A full body apparition that kids have that a lot more often than adults do children are very very open i can't tell you the number of times parents have come to me and said guess what my daughter who's five saw my dad who died before she was born and knew exactly what he looked like and there's no way because she never met him and then the parent will show the child the picture and say well which one was it and the kid will go that's who it is you can't make that up right, right. So children tend to have uh, more of the like the full body apparition experiences and from what I've learned than adults, I don't have experiences that vivid now. Like I said, now it's more like feeling, hearing, sensing. Sometimes I can see them. So, but it's a different, it's like I'm seeing, it's hard to explain. If you imagine, think of somebody in your mind right now that's on the other side. Okay. And think of that and then project that image into a room, somewhere in the room. That's how I see it. it's coming from my third eye as opposed to me looking at you right now. Right. So it's just a different way of having the experience. So as I got older, uh, it, it wound up being more being at, at, I'm an empath. So I could feel other people's emotions uh, psychically. I would know when things were going to happen before they did. I had really lucid dreams, a lot of lucid dreams. It was more that my intuition was super, super heightened. And I also could feel people on the other side. But at that point, I didn't understand what was happening. So I kept trying to push my ability away because it created a lot of anxiety for me. I mean, is it happening to strangers that you're passing or or friends and family that you go, like, how do you, how do you approach the first time where you're going, I feel like I need to tell you something. I don't talk to people on the street and walk up to them and do that. I don't. But what I'm saying is, are you passing people or people, are you getting messages from the other side when you pass them i could if i stayed open all the time but i don't like so i can control my ability for the oh. for the most part i'm always a little bit more sensitive than the average person right but okay. like i don't walk around every day all day communicating with the other talk side talk to me right i could but that's right. not a healthy place to live in um, okay. and i know people that do love living in that space but it's super hard to be grounded it's like those are the people that walk around and they're like don't worry, spirits got my back. I don't have to worry about it. And then they're like, oh, I forgot to pay my bill. I forgot to pay my phone bill, right? Because they're like so out of it. So those are the people, the airy fairy people, like they're just so ungrounded. And it, we, yeah, I mean, most of us don't live in that space because I have to be able to have a, a normal, a normal functioning, functioning life, yeah. life, right? Yeah. So how do you, how do you transition to saying 
this is what I need to do all the time. Yeah, well, you know, it was a process for me. It was slowly but surely. But the big the big wake up moment was uh, and I was sharing this story with you before about how um, I was doing a reading for somebody and uh, he had asked me for a reading and I, I gave him the reading. I was doing it through uh, sitting at home and I had written out the reading on an email and I sent it to him. He was a college professor of mine, right? And um, which is even crazy to begin with that whole story. It's a long story. But in the reading, I kept hearing um, he he has a problem with his heart. He's going to have a heart attack around Christmas. And I was like, oh, man, how that I, vivid. It was heart very, attack around Christmas. yeah, it was very, very, very clear. And so um, I was really conflicted. I was like, well, I have to say something. I can't because I couldn't move past it. But then I was like, well, how do I say this? Because I don't want to scare this person. And I'm and this was when I was really still kind of stepping into it, you know. So basically, I just said um, in the email, you know, I really feel you should get your heart looked at. I'm not trying to scare you, but I just really feel like just go get it checked out. Right. So, and he did wind up passing away of a heart, uh, heart attack. He passed away. And um, How far after that? It was, I, it was December the 28th, I feel he died, right around that time. I think it's 27 or 28th. And then you're emailing him when? It was like two months? or three months before. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, that was tough because I saw it. I did, I, I, I did what I thought was right. I shared it with him, but he still passed away. But it, it taught me a lot of lessons. It taught me one, you know, I'm not God. Like you can only, you know, share your insights and, and, uh, but it was very hard for me because I don't like seeing that stuff. It's like, it was really, it, it sucked, you know? And yeah. then, and, but that was kind of a pivotal moment because at that time I was in school, um, and I thought that I was going to be pursuing something entirely different. Although I was still doing this work. I was doing readings. I was doing little events. I just didn't really think I would be doing it like a, a full time like I am now. I wasn't even sure how that was going to look. And after that happened, I did one more semester of school. And then I, I told myself, I said, I'm going to give myself a year to see what happens. And then I've never been back to school. And so much has happened. I mean, that was back in 2012. So I think around 2012. Yeah, I want to say about then. So, or was it 2010? I don't even know. It was a while back. I, I don't remember the day, the the year, but yeah. Uh, do you know that he got the message? Yes. Yeah, so that was the thing. I was so when I sent him the email, he never responded to my email, and I was like, oh man, this guy thinks I'm nuts. Like he he didn't say anything about the reading, and I was so. Not every day you get an email, and somebody goes, "You need to check your heart out." Well, right, I know, but I was really like, I'm like insecure at the time, like, oh, he doesn't believe me, and this was in college. He was a college professor, right. so I was like, God, everybody thinks I'm nuts. So uh, after he died, I was like yelling at him on the other side, I'm like, "You better show me you got my reading," because I was like so <laughs> mad, like yelling at a dead man, you know. And so, um, so. Then I got a call from the dean of the chemistry department, and this was a community college, it was a small school, but he, he called me because I had had him for uh, Gen Chem 1, so he already knew me, and so, or Gen Chem 2, and so he was like, hey, um, I just want you to know that you know, this teacher, he told us all about your reading and he was talking about oh, wow. getting his heart looked at and he, he didn't do it. He was going to, but I go, oh my gosh. I was like, I, 
I was, I felt so bad because I didn't even know if he got my reading and I thought he thought I was crazy. He's like, no, he told us all about your reading. So like now like I say I'm like an urban legend at the college because like <laughs> I went back for like after he died, I had to still had to go back because it was, you know, the, the next semester was yeah. after the holidays. And there were other professors coming up to me from the math and chemistry department like, oh, you're that girl who predicted his death. I'm like, oh, man, this is weird, you know, like. <laughs> Are so. they wanting ratings now? Is well, well, then even, I mean, this or is. Don't all these, tell me. We get this even all these years ago. Um, oh, this is actually crazy how this is coming in. This girl that I was in class with, we were in his class, the teacher that passed away. Her name was jo Joanna. And she's now passed away. Uh, this is actually, I'm just now getting into a deep story. This is kind of crazy. Bring it. But she, so she, we were in the same class together. And after she, he died, he, we were talking and she had taken the semester after I left anatomy and physiology. And so she's sitting in the class and the teacher, her teacher was like, oh, there was this girl who predicted this teacher's death. And she was like, oh my God, that's my friend Cindy. Like it's still circulating around the school. But Un tragically or, or fortunately Joanna passed last year and what was so I guess it's kind of amazing in a sense is that um she knew what I did for work and she we were Facebook friends so she was following my journey after I left school and all the things I was doing and she was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer that had spread to her brain and she Facebook messaged me and she was like you know um she was telling me, she's like, I'm going to die. She's like, it's coming. And we had this really beautiful conversation and she was sharing with me how much, you know, she learned from watching my work and all of our experiences and helping people with loved ones who had died. And I was able to say uh, to her, hey, guess what, Joanna, when you get there, come talk to me because I'll be able to hear you and I'll talk to you. And we had a laugh, you know, and yeah. it was like this beautiful kind of, um, it was, I don't know, I just, that just brought that back. Uh, it, it was kind of a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. Do, does, do you, do you feel pressure getting these messages? No, no pressure. I mean, I don't know. I mean, pressure to get it right. Or I pressure? mean, like I would feel pressure if I all of a sudden I, I get this message that somebody I knew was going to die. That's Christmas. hard, right? I don't like getting those messages. Right. Okay. That maybe the pressure is not the good word, but just getting that message is okay. This is serious. It is. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, and I have, I'm mindful of how I deliver it because again, like I'm not God. I don't predict, I don't like predicting death, right? The experience I had with my teacher, that was really, really tough. Um, but I'm, I'm cautious because I believe that, uh, God's in charge of that. So if I see somebody being sick, right. Or I sense there's something going on, uh, the way that I approach it is, Hey, look, like I'm not a doctor. This is what I'm seeing. Um, but I will never say you're going to die in this day or this month. I don't operate that way because I've had situations where mediums have come to me. Uh, in one particular situation, my brother was not doing well. And, um, and this was years ago. This was in like 2009, I think. Uh, my brother was not doing well and, and I was really uh, worried about him. And so I'd asked a medium, if, you know, how's my brother doing? I'm just really worried that he's not going to live much longer. And the medium said to me, oh, your brother's going to die in August. This was 10 years ago. My brother's still alive. Oh, no. So I had to sit with that, like, and, and, and I felt the experience and how worried I was and thinking my brother's dying in August. Oh my, and I couldn't sleep. I felt sick to my stomach and he's still here. And so I've learned so many lessons throughout the years of doing this work to be very cautious because 
mediums can misinterpret, psychics misinterpret. We're not always right. And we, and anybody who claims to be always right should not be doing this work. So it's just very, very um, important for us to be mindful. And, and even tapping into that a little bit more, it's sometimes frustrating doing this work because people in the audience or people we're reading for expect, the pressure comes with people expecting us to get everything 100% on point. You better know this day and right. this time and this date. It's like, wow, you know, we're just, if you understood how the information came in, you would uh, probably be a little bit, a little bit more gentle, <laughs> right. you know, like, because we're doing our best, right? So do you, do you, do you think the medium that, that talked to you about your brother, it, is he just wrong? Is he just bullshitting? Or maybe do you tense up every August? What's happening? I mean, how, how do you process no, well, that? I let all that go. You, know? you know, I let all that go. I, I needed to have that experience personally to understand what saying something like that to somebody can feel like. And I know this medium and I've seen him work and he actually gets a lot of stuff right a lot of the time, right? I've seen him do some pretty amazing work and okay. I, I, I don't dislike him in that particular situation he was incorrect but uh and it can happen so you don't hold that against him i i don't because you know what i um look it's i think that that experience i think everything that we experience in life it's it's a moment to learn something and that was more about me learning what not to do when giving a reading to somebody else that was a lesson for me did you do you ever talk to him about it my brother no, no, the the other medium. No, I haven't. Just take it as a learning experience. I just took on. it as a learning experience for myself, and I don't do that, right? Right. Yeah. So you have this moment in school, and that was kind of your, like you said, your big awakening of this is what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. You, like you told yourself, I'm going to give myself a year from school. You haven't been back, which means, hey, it's that's what you're supposed to be doing. Um, so how... Do you just, do the crowds start getting bigger? How do you make that transition of personal readings, maybe a, uh, you know, a small group to how do you go, I, I need to take this thing on the road and go to clubs? Well, to it's interesting how the comedy club thing happens. This isn't something I ever would have like planned for myself, you know? Right. Uh, what happened was in 2013, I had a television pilot um, with a network and I was signed to a production company and um, called uh, Triage Entertainment, which is owned by Levity Entertainment. And the pilot never went to series, which is fine. But through that process, uh, because Levity Entertainment Group owns the improv comedy clubs, they were like, oh, hey, well, you're already working with us. Why don't we just do one of your mediumship events in one of our clubs on an off night, like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I was like, oh, that sounds fun, right? Because it's, it's, everything's there. You have the microphones, the stage, people can come have dinner, people can have drinks. Um, and it's, you know, it's not in competition with the comedy acts because they're, the big ones are on the weekends and it's a special engagement. So the first event I ever did was at the Irvine Improv in Irvine, California, and it was super small. I mean, I didn't have, nobody knew who, who, uh, I was, and, and there weren't a lot of people there, so it was kind of a test test run, right? And then I got a residency at Zany's in Nashville around the same the same year, and they gave me a monthly residency for about four years. Once a month, I did an event at Zany's. 
And you saw it grow and grow and, and it grow. grew and it grew. And then I started working at other clubs. So it's spread by word of mouth. Because once the, once the event started growing, then one manager would help reach out to another manager, to another manager. So it's taken me six, almost seven years. I've been, you know, in the last four years, I've lived out of a suitcase on the road. I mean, I've been on the road. Um, and I love it. But it wasn't something that just was like, bam, overnight. I've worked, I've worked my butt off. Right. Uh, and I love working in this environment because... I think that people enjoy coming to a place where they can feel relaxed and come have a drink and come have some food. My tickets aren't, you know, super high. You know, people spend 20 bucks and come out and hang out. And even skeptics will. And that's why I enjoy it because I'm catering to a different demographic of people. Well, I think if you're a skeptic, this is an easier setting to go to than... I'm going to, a, a, you know, you, as you see a sign for a house. Like or a whatever. metaphysical store right. or a hotel conference room, right? You're never going to walk in there if you're a skeptic. And right, and I see too, because my, my shows skew female, right? It just naturally, like women seem to, to come to more events than men. But then in comedy clubs, I see a lot of women like bringing their husbands. The husbands right. are like, hey, I'll come have a beer. I don't, I don't believe <laughs> in this crap. I don't believe in this, but I'll sit and, have, <laughs> sit and have a beer, you know? And so it's like bringing, you know, it's bringing in a different group. And I ask at the beginning of every uh, one of my shows, like how many of you have never seen a medium before? And some shows, there's like 70%. That's, I've never seen I've a show. I've never seen a medium. 70% at some shows. And that to me, that's success. That's like awesome because that's exciting for you. It's really exciting for me because you're reaching a group of people that maybe would never go anywhere else to see a medium, and they're coming. They're coming out to check it out, and that's awesome, right? Yeah. So. No, it's fan. It's fantastic, and because I, I because I thought it was interesting. I saw you. You advertised at Zany's, and then uh, here, I believe it was a year or two, maybe two, um, here in Huntsville. Wait, there's my name. It's 2017. That's when okay. it opened. So yep. two years. Two years ago. And um, I have worked with and know, being in the comedy club business as well, the hypnotists that travel around. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they do a comedy show when they come to the comedy club. Yeah. Even though there's a serious side to hypnotism, when they're at the comedy club. So when I saw a medium advertised, I'm like, "Well, this is not funny to play around." People with. get so <laughs> confused. Yeah. I'm like, "Is there a comedy aspect? Is she going to be like your uncle's telling me jokes?" No. Uh, and and so you you came on and did our radio show in Huntsville, uh, and you you actually talked to listeners that called in, which is pretty very amazing to me. Um, but, but that's when I saw, Hey, this is a, this is a serious show. The venue just happens to be a comedy. And that's right. And so people are confused by that because, and some people, even mediums in the community, they're like so pissed at me for working in comedy clubs. They got some slack for that because they're like, Oh, what are you doing? That's like not cool. You should be working in a more spiritual place. And like, well, actually everywhere is a spiritual place. Okay. Like everywhere could be spiritual, but they were, they were giving me a hard time because they thought it was inappropriate for me to be working in comedy clubs. And I was like, jokes on you, you know, because 
people want to come to a place where they feel comfortable and it is it's reaching a different demographic and i understand it is confusing to see my name next to bob like my name's been next to bob saget on a billboard i took a picture (laughs) of that it was like cindy k's a bob saget i'm like this is weird we're here in huntsville they just had joel McHale. they have you they're about to have Doug Sanhope and Sinbad. Yeah. So you're like right in the middle it's, it's of that, which is pretty amazing to, in itself. But you still, you've got to, hey, is this a comedy show? Is this a real yeah, show? Yeah, people are super confused, but I actually, I'm okay with that. I've gotten okay with that. Except now, when you Google me, it says comedian. I'm like, uh Really? So no, like I, um... And, I am kind of I'm kind of name dropping now, so forgive me. I'm gonna watch give, your toes. Here we I'm go. I'm gonna give a name drop, but so I'm friends with Dr. Drew, right? Amazing. And so I went to his 60th birthday party. It was in L.A. And so they had like the step and repeat where you take a picture, and like so, um, they were taking pictures, and then the next day, you know, Getty Images where they yeah. it says Getty Images. There I am. It says comedian Cindy Kaza attends <laughs> Dr. Drew's 60th birthday party. I was like, oh crap! Like how do I, you know? And so, but I'm like, I'm just gonna go with it. You know, I don't know. You can't like. <laughs> oh, no, you're not gonna find but it. But literally, it said comedian Cindy Kaza. So now I'm like, God, people are really gonna start coming to my shows thinking I'm gonna be telling jokes. You know, like. <laughs> It was confusing for me the first time. Yeah, it is. And then meeting you in person and and seeing you do what you do, you're like, this is a serious show. The people that are going... The interesting part of me, and when you talked about a lot of skeptics or a lot of people, it's their first time coming to a show. I work at a radio station. None of my coworkers ever mentioned, I I, want to talk to a medium. I want to go to the show. You don't talk about the paranormal you come to town and everybody is going. Are you going right? I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. And you're like, where? Where did all you? Where did all this come from? Yeah. But it's amazing that you know. It's I, I don't know. You coming to the club made it cool or okay to talk about right around the office place. That's awesome. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's uh, great. That was never mentioned in however long we've been working together. And then multiple coworkers are, I will be at that show tonight. And you're like, what? You you are? This is your thing? You know, this is, you, they were all in. Everybody was gathered around listening to you on the on the radio. And I thought that was, that was a very eye-opening moment for me of yeah. m- going to the comedy club is, it, like you said, it's kind of a different route, but it's, I think it's opening more doors mm-hmm. for the skeptics and the non-believers or or maybe people's on the fence and this is their, I think they go in going, I'm going to see if this is real. Or yeah. Not. And I'm okay with that. Right. Right. And I'm totally okay with that. And I think, um, like I said, my job isn't to turn every skeptic into a believer. That's entirely impossible. And that's right. not why I do this work, but I love that people are becoming more open-minded to even come to the club. Like when you have somebody saying I'm super skeptical and I'm like, Awesome. Thank you for being open-minded to come sit here tonight. Right. At least coming out here. You're sitting here. That's pretty cool. I showed a little bit of a, yeah, a little bit of open-mindedness about it. So yeah, you know, and then you could do get the occasional jerks and I've had some people just come to like, they'll come pick apart my whole show. And, and I've had, I had a couple people actually recently come sit at one of my shows in California with the intention of, uh, they were total non-believers. Um, they left my show and did this podcast where they lied completely about my show, like totally 
like I had this whole show video recorded. So, I mean, I, I went, I'm like, God, was it really that rough? And I went back and watched it. I'm like, oh, no. They, so on their podcast, they talk, they just, they just killed tore, your show. They just killed it. Like they killed piece it. Piece by piece. They just killed it because they wanted to kill it. Right. They came in with the intention of, of killing it to just because that's why they came. Right. right. And so like, no matter what I would have said that night, it wouldn't have mattered. They would have found something wrong. Yeah. And that happens too. But you know what? Um, I'm okay with that too. It, it hurts a little bit because I know where my heart's coming from when I do my work. It hurts where people accuse me of like, oh, you're just, you just are trying to fool people intentionally. That hurts my feelings because that's not me. But I have to be tolerant of if they're in the seat, they're in the seat, be in the seat, sit in the experience, even if you're that. And I find sometimes people that are, can be that hurtful and resistant and out to just like dig at me, hurt people, hurt people like, you know, hurt people, hurt people. That was a deep phrase there. But it's true. It is true. It makes why? sense. Why? Why? I mean, why do you like, right? It's hurt people, hurt people. No, so. it's the troll. It's the trolls on social media. And that's it too. What are you doing it for? I mean, something's going on with you personally. Hurt people, hurt people. And so I have, have really kind of tried to sit in a space in my life now where, okay, did that hurt my feelings a little bit? Yes. But if I operate from my heart and, and I look at it from that, that space, then... I just say, you know what? I'm going to send that person love and send them healing or do the best that I can because why else would somebody take the time to to go after somebody with such like just such hate? So they did theirs afterwards on their podcast and I, so I was going to ask one of the questions I want to ask is because being on a comedy stage, every now and then you get a heckler. Maybe they don't you're not their style of comedian. They don't think you're funny that being a a comedian is an art form, so maybe they don't think you're funny. So every now and then you get a heckler. Maybe it's innocent, and they're just got a little too drunk, and they're yeah, you know they they think it's funny to be a part of the show. Or sometimes you're not their cup of tea, and they just feel like they just want to ruin the show with them. Do you get hecklers? Not very often. The only time I get people that are a little bit rowdy is when they're drinking too much. Uh, well, it's always when the alcohol is involved, honestly. Well, that was very interesting. I was watching the crowd tonight. They're drinking, but it, it's not the comedy club. Yeah, no. It's a totally different a party. Yeah. But it can happen where people have gotten super, super wasted. And that's really the only time that um, that I've had an issue, you know. It's rare. Knock on wood. I hope, you know, don't like, I just don't ever want to set that intention, <laughs> right? Gonna, next show's going to be a train Next show's going to be like, oh, crap. Bye. <laughs> You know, I also, um, as somebody that works on a stage, you have to be able to stand your ground and keep your audience in check because that, if that crap gets out of hand, the whole sh event is ruined for everybody it's else. Shark smelling blood, yeah. Right? So um, I don't, like, cower down. I'm like, really? Bring it. Like, because, you know, the door's right there. Like, you know, it's it's. I'm not afraid to, to stand my ground. So, so let's touch on this before we get out of here. Um, now you've got you're involved. You got a couple things going on on the television. You've been, you've did some uh, shows with the Jack Osborne show. Yeah, yeah. How was that? It's awesome. I love Jack. He's my friend. He's a good pal. Yeah. Did you know him before you did the show? Uh, I did. Well, Jack and I met um, probably like let's see, four four years ago, almost five years ago. Jack and I met. Okay. And we met because um, 
I was talking to him about he was going to work on a project with me when I was going out to do a TV thing. So our show never, it never worked out. We became friends. I was on Ozzy and Jack's World Detour. I did a reading for Ozzy. And then, then I wound up being on two episodes of Jack's new show, which is a paranormal show. Jack's always been like super into paranormal and stuff. People give him crap, but he just genuinely is like intrigued by the supernatural. So his show is called Portals to Hell. It's on the Travel Channel. It's a little bit, you know, it's spooky a little bit. So I did uh, two episodes of his show, season one. I'm going to be on three or four of season two. But I have my own show that just premiered last Thursday on the Travel Channel. The Holzer Files. The Holzer Files. And it's really, really cool. It's, uh, it's, it's I, the concept is cool, right? Um, because a paranormal world is, I was always kind of on the fence about what I do a paranormal show, would I not? And I, I really do love, love it now. I'm glad I did it. But the concept is um, really cool because the production company that I signed with has an agreement with the Holzer family. Hans Holzer is really like the grandfather of paranormal investigation. He's one of the most famous paranormal investigators of all time. He's now passed away. But he started doing paranormal research in the 1940s, 50s, 60s. And he's done thousands of cases. He did the Amityville case. um, And he's been all over the world. And what's so amazing about him is not only is he into paranormal, but he's also an um, an intellect. He has a PhD. So he's Dr. Hans Holzer. And he also believed in mediums. He loved mediums. And you'll find a lot of the paranormal shows nowadays, they don't use mediums that much. They're starting to use them more. But he was a big advocate for mediums. And he always brought mediums with him on his cases. So he would film and audio record and write notes. He was really, really um, meticulous in taking notes about his cases. Mm-hmm. So they, the production company has all of these old files, videos, audio recordings that the public has never seen. So now we're going back and reinvestigating cases that he he had done in the 40s, 50s, and 60s and seeing, is the place still active? Am I as a medium going in? And I didn't have any prior you know, access to these files. I went in blind. Uh, am I picking up the same things that the mediums from the 40s, 50s, and 60s were picking wow. up on? Is there still activity? It's just, it's cool. It's such a different kind of paranormal show it's not what you're used to seeing uh on these shows so i'm really proud to be a part of it it's it's pretty cool so if they're listening to this now where is that when is it how can they access the show it's the holzer files it's on the travel channel thursdays at 10 p.m eastern time if you don't have cable you can stream it on hulu amazon prime there's a travel channel app that you can watch it on too uh so yeah we filmed 10 episodes and we're hoping for a season two uh so check it out it's it's a fun show it's interesting going in like you said you you see all these paranormal shows the ghost hunters and the investigators and they're going to different places it is interesting that no mediums are involved in most of yeah, the shows. Yeah, and it's like, it's, it's like why I don't know what the deal is with that, but it's changing because now in the travel, the travel channel has gone super paranormal. A lot of their shows are paranormal now. So you'll, you're starting to see more mediums on these shows because it always baffled me too. I'm like, why aren't they bringing a medium into these shows? But is there, is that just for the show? Is there like a, there's not like a real life riff in between Paranormal investigators and mediums, right? I mean, <laughs> or is there? No, 
there's not really a riff, but some of them just don't really care to use this very much. Um, I wouldn't call it a riff. For, for a specific reason? I mean, are they like... I don't know. They no, like their don't... gadgets. They like gadgets. Like, their okay. whole thing is they like... So, so, and I can understand where they're coming from. Because when a medium comes in, we're getting things that you can't see, right? We're going right. to... physical... You can't... They want physical... Grasping, yeah. Right? Evidence. EVPs and all the EVPs, thermal, thermals. Okay. And what... Great, because that is, like, valuable evidence right right um but what i think is so cool about combining the two things is what what's happening in the show that i'm on is i'm tapping into something at the same time and then all of a sudden the technology is going off so you're seeing both things happening simultaneously or i'm saying turn on the avp let it run for five minutes play it back and then there's a clear class a evp so maybe answer some of the things they're getting right uh maybe you know yeah they're just getting maybe some clues or some small fragments you yeah. might be getting a bigger bigger picture you, it's it's very interesting how it goes hand in hand well yeah because you know and then like the science people they want the quantitative right quantitative yeah. data right and i get it because it's it is valuable to say hey look this happened this energetically changed we can see it in the numbers we caught it on the camera i get it but to to combine the two i think is brilliant because a lot of times you'll see the medium getting something at the same time they're getting something and it matches. It's cool. It's a good moment. Isn't it? Yeah, it's a fun moment. I've never had, I, you know, I would say I never had a medium or, you know, somebody speaking to me. I think, it, but you said it earlier, we all have it to an extent. It's whether Absolutely. you're ready for that or know how to interpret or whatever. I had one paranormal experience to this day when people ask me my scariest moment is... We went on a quote unquote ghost hunt. We mm -hmm. went to a place that was supposedly haunted. It was a uh, mental institution in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It's yeah. closed now. It's been closed for 40 years. Yeah. The building's still there, and everybody that goes, say they get readings and EVPs and whatever, you, whatever they go down there for, they get. And I went pretty much skeptical. Hey, I'm just wanting to be involved, something to do, or having fun. And before we left, we did, we did, you know, it's like three levels of this place. And I just got, I, for lack of a better word, a creepy feel about it, of yeah. course, walking around. And here's the kids unit. And here's, you know, this was, you know, different sections of it. You're like, yeah, it's a creepy place. But I, I didn't really feel anything. And But before I left the property, we were about to leave and a... A landline phone was distinct ringing, and it was a moment where you look around and go, "It's this was this is before cell phones are really prevalent, so it's not like you automatically assume somebody's got a cell phone." Anyway, we heard a phone and decided to figure out where the phone was coming from. Tracked it to the second floor, and literally, I could hear it. Hey, it's coming on the other side of this door. We could hear it coming from the other side of the door. And we opened the door, and it is a padded cell with nothing in there. Yeah. It was a padded room. And then to find out that place, has it doesn't have power. There's nothing like a phone. Like, if we couldn't be mishearing it from another place. It doesn't have power. It doesn't have phone lines. It's been shut down. And they wanted to stick around and see. And I said, no, I'm at this... That was I wasn't ready for that mentally, but that's the closest I've had to the that I would distinctly remember 
skeptic or not, I don't know what that was, but it was something You can't not, explain it. Right. It was something... I don't know what it was. You can't... Yeah. You can't explain so it. That was, my, that was my closest where... I think it was a moment, though, as, as being a young man where you, you're like... I don't really know how to comprehend a lot of it, but there's something else going on yeah. there. There's another yeah. level there. Yeah, because it's of something there. Something going on. It's there, right? So I think it, I think it's amazing. You had a moment, uh, like you said, in, with the teacher of taking that moment and going. I need to build on this. This is something that is calling me personally. I calling, yeah. Yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Do you do you ever do you ever get. Uh, do you ever get scared? Do you ever have something that comes through where you get scared? Or are you kind of, that's your mindset, I can grasp this and figure out how to process it now? Yeah, you know, I'm never, like I've had things that have made me sure uncomfortable or freaks me out a little bit, but I'm never scared to the point where I feel like I can't handle it. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. Right. You know, but uh, there are some things that are uncomfortable, that are unnerving. You're like, I don't really like the way that feels. <laughs> but I don't like it, but... um you know, I just, I don't know. I, I, I trust, I believe in God. Like I always talk about my belief in God and I just trust that, you know, God's got my back until I have a different experience where I feel like something's taking me over. I'm just going to stick to that. I don't live in fear. That's what I'm trying right. to say. I don't live in fear around anything on the other side. I'm entirely more afraid of people in the living than I am of people on the other <laughs> side, quite frankly. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, so tell them how they can uh, they can follow you, social media, all that good stuff. I, I know right now you're not doing personal readings, yeah. but you have done those before. I I'm have. sure at some point you will do them again. Yeah, I probably will. And who knows when, but yes, I will be doing them again. Um, Let them know how they can keep in touch with you or find yeah. out more about you. Um, my social media, Medium Cindy Kaza. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Kaza is K-A-Z-A. K-A-Z-A. And then my website is MediumCindyKaza.com. And that's got all your tour dates. That has all my tour dates, yep. Traveling nonstop, find her on television. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. It was a we're pleasure. We're after a show, so I know how that yeah, is. Yeah, no, you it's cool. got to get on the road, so I appreciate it. Thank so you much. so much for having me. It was awesome talking to you. hear more of Casio in between podcast episodes? You can listen to the Jimbo and Casio Morning Show live 6 to 10 a.m. Central on TheRocket951.com. And last one, last but not least, Jimbo, yep. slugs have four noses. <laughs> huh? What? I have one question. Slugs have four what noses. What do slugs have to smell? They crawl on anything. They don't care what it smells like. Not salt. They cannot <laughs> smell salt. That's a fact. They didn't see it coming. <laughs> That's a fact. Hey, look, it's snowing. Why does it stink? <laughs> Listen live online or download the Rocket app for your tablet or smartphone. Just search WRTT Rocket 95.1 in the Apple or Google Play Store.